0: Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to Our Nerdiest Thing. Today, we are live with author Penn Cole. Penn is a fantasy romance author whose debut novel and the start of her kindred... Kindred's Curse Saga, released in June 2023. While her life has taken her through a lot of ups and downs, her love for reading and writing has forever been her true north. She has been writing stories since childhood, filling mountains of notebooks with wild worlds and angsty romances. After receiving her degree in creative writing and planning to write the next great American novel, she took a detour as an attorney and small business owner. We plan and fate laughs, as they say, and now she's thrilled to be a full-time author. She is a regular participant in NaNoWriMo, loves meeting and supporting other new authors and reading fantasy, rom-coms, and nonfiction. Originally from Texas, Penn lives in France with her husband, where she can usually be found sipping wine and creating fantasy worlds on her balcony. Welcome to the
1: podcast, Penn. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much
2: for having me. So, Penn, maybe you agree with me on this, but I feel like I was born on the wrong continent. <laughs> I was just in France last month, and I really like having drinks at lunch. I mean, a lot. <laughs> yes. Long- And they are just not uptight about alcohol. They're also not really stupid about alcohol either. I think that's the difference. But um, I was in London, Paris, and Zurich, and everyone's just like, so like, what cocktail do you want for, you know, your 11 a.m. meal? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, all of them, please. Um, So yeah, I think I need to move.
1: Yeah, it's the two-hour lunch with wine is very, very standard. It's just accepted (laughs) and normal, and it's just lovely, highly recommended. Yeah, what, that sounds great. did you guys move from Texas to France? So, this is actually our second move to France. Um, we moved for the first time back in 2012, and uh, we got engaged here. And we we're both workaholics, so when we first got married, we took a kind of adult education French class, just as something like that was our carved out time that we would spend together as a couple every week, regardless of how busy we were, we would always have our French class and we'd go have dinner before and it's very sweet. And so for our first anniversary, we came to France and we said, okay, let's see how much we've actually learned in one year of taking these twice weekly classes. And we were kind of walking around joking like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if that was our apartment and our grocery store was over here and we were walking our dog here, wouldn't that be fun? And over the course of the trip, we were kind of like, well, hold on. That would be cool. Actually, (laughs) that would be really fun. Maybe we should do this. And at the time, my husband, he works in tech. He just sold his company. And so we were kind of in this transitional period in our life where we didn't really know what to do next. And it just worked out where they let him stay on working remotely, but internationally. And um, it kind of worked out with what I was doing at the time that I could do it. I could sort of start over and do that remotely as well, and so we just took the leap. We didn't have kids, and we didn't really have anything tying us down, so we thought if we don't do it when we're young, you know, we'll never do it, so we took the leap and did it, and we lived here for several years, and then we moved back to the States a few years later for my husband's job, and then um, during COVID, during the pandemic, we sort of I think as a lot of people did had like a reassessment of our lives, <laughs> Like, okay, <Yeah. laughs> what do we really want out of our life? Because this isn't it. And that's when we said, you know, we were at our happiest when we were in France and that was kind of the lifestyle that we wanted. We, um, at the time I was in law and he was a tech executive, they're both like very busy, very long hour jobs. And it was just very soul crushing. And we said, this is not like, we get one life, you know? So how do we really wanna spend it? And we, we said, you know what? We're just gonna move to France during a pandemic, and um, which I don't necessarily recommend, but it was great, so. You That's awesome. I, I kind of wanna be best friends with you. Right? Okay.
2: That's really, really great. I love that story. So is this going to be your forever home
1: as France? I hope so. You know, we, we said we never wanted to leave the first time and then look what happened. And so we say we never wanna leave now. But um, I think if we do move, it'll be somewhere new, maybe not back home again, but somewhere we haven't been because we just um, obviously are kind of spontaneous. (laughs) We like to just (laughs) sort of start over every few years and try something new and um, expose ourselves to new experiences. So who knows? Well, so
2: I'm assuming most of our listeners just assume you live in Paris, but what part of France do you actually live in?
1: I do live in Paris. I live right smack. Oh, we froze. Oh. Back in the heart of Paris, the Champs Elysées is like a block over, oh, yeah. right in the thick of things. That's awesome.
2: I love that. Well, I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this this is why we <laughs> well, say we're live. It has its ups and downs. This is why we say we're live in case we have any lagging. Um, give me just one second. I'm gonna pause.
3: Sure. I'm gonna make sure that no one's on the internet at my house. We just got the message that our internet connection is okay i love how it's like it's unstable i'm like we know so, so am i
1: it was totally smooth from this end if it helps okay oh
3: that's good to know so it's definitely us.
1: Yes. <laughs> yay take a sip from my yeti of iced coffee while we're
2: break. we are not having coffee we are having cocktails right now
0: i should be doing
2: that <laughs> well i'm also impressed because
1: what time is it there? I was yeah. just
0: thinking that same thing. Two,
1: it's 1 a.m., but I'm very nocturnal, so I usually am well, like 4 p.m. here and like 10 a.m., and I sleep from like 10 to 4. Oh, <laughs> so it's cool. very, wow. it's very weird. Seriously, you're living my best life right now. <laughs>
2: So let's talk a little bit about your book and just about your journey to becoming an author. One thing we really love talking about when we interview folks is just how you got to where you are what what inspired you to write a book and how long have you been writing.
1: So I have wanted, I mean, I've been writing my entire life since I was a little girl and I just would always write stories and I would get in trouble in class because I was, you know, writing in my, like coming up with stories in my notebooks instead of paying attention in class. And it's what I have my undergraduate degree in is creative writing. And so I, I really thought that was going to be my path in life. And then after I graduated college, um, you know, you have a degree in creative writing, it's not, doesn't open a whole lot of doors for you. And so I had- That's in theater. (laughs) Exactly. So I did um, a side job and I kind of started a a little side hustle to help pay the bills while I was trying to figure out how I was gonna actually make this a career. Um, And then that side business took off and got really successful, which was a blessing, but it also kind of put writing on the back burner. So after a few years, I said, no, you know, I still really want to write. That's still really my passion. And so I started doing it again. And then right as that kind of ramped up, we decided to move to France. And so that reset everything. And so then we were here for a few years and I said, okay, now I really, really actually do want to start writing. And then we moved back to the U.S. (laughs) And when we moved back to the U.S., I decided to go back to school for law for a lot of crazy reasons. And um, so then I put it on the back burner. I said, okay, well, I'll do it, but later. And then as I was saying before when COVID happened and I was reassessing and working hundred hour weeks in law, I said, okay, this is not it. So this is the time I've put it off long enough. And this is my dream. This has always been my life's passion. I've got to stop putting it off and actually focus and do it. And I was super, super lucky and blessed to have a husband who was really supportive and said, do it. Just quit your job, stop working, focus on this, Take." a year and and sort of see if it's really what you enjoyed. And um, after that year, I was not ready to publish yet. Thankfully, was very patient. And um, so it's been about a year and a half to two years now. And thankfully, he's been just really supportive that whole time. And now I know this is what I want to do. I love it. I enjoy writing. I enjoy all the other aspects of writing. Um, It's just a really fun, great career. And I'm super happy that even though it took me a little while to get here, I finally did get here.
2: That's awesome. So I love that you went from creative writing to law. (laughs) It's almost like one of those things where someone's like, what are you going to do with your life? And you're like, well, I guess I'll do law. And then you're like, wait, no, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bad idea. What kind of law did you practice? I was a corporate attorney. So I worked with, um, small and large business owners to help set up their business and get their contracts in order which is super useful now actually for the legal side of my business and I still do a little bit on this side but for the most part I'm focused on this
2: oh that's wonderful so you said that you wrote a lot as a child were you also
1: an avid reader oh yeah absolutely I was that kid I'm sure all of you can relate where your parents just shoves you at half price books and is like, I'll pick you up in a few hours, have fun. And <laughs> I would just, that was my idea of a perfect Saturday <laughs> it was just being dropped off at half price books or Barnes and Noble and left alone for like 12 hours. <laughs> <Early> <laughs> my,
0: yeah, that's my, early my idea of a great weekend. <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
1: no one Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> there a specific book that really sparked that love for you into reading and writing.
1: So, I think what originally got me really interested in becoming an author is I read a few books that were super weird books, just very strange. And I don't know if anybody is familiar with Chuck, a lot of very weird books. And um, there's a book called House of Lee. Eves that is probably the strangest book I've ever usual in their formatting and their structure. And they kind of took all the genre conventions and just like threw to do whatever I want. And even though I wouldn't say my writing is like that, it really got me thinking about treating writing as an art form and trying to do something unique and different with it and of course you know commercial books are wonderful and that's what i read too and i love them but also reading books where authors take risks and do things unusual that's really i think what inspired me the most and then um there's a series called Cushiel's dart have you are any of you familiar with by jacqueline carey it's like i'm so passionate about this one it's like the she's the mother of fantasy romance this was for me the book that put fantasy romance like on the map at the time women weren't getting published in fantasy, this was 20 some odd years ago, Women really strong female led stories that really put romance on, you know, the front of the story. And actually in like the traditional publishing world kind of opened up paths and said, actually fantasy loving women are a huge genre and we like stories of women going on adventures and um, you know, having magic and doing cool things. And so that, that book is where I fell in love with the genre of fantasy romance and just wanted to kind of get lost in these fantastic worlds of um, magic and gods and curses and all these cool things, but where women were the ones saving the day and, and their stories were being told
2: right oh i I love love that that. what a great answer (laughs) i'm gonna have to go read that author (laughs) what
1: was the name of the book again i'm sorry what was the series Uh, the first book is called Cushiel's dart and so it was published i think 22 23 years ago and it's had this resurgence now because fantasy romance is getting so huge again And she's actually releasing a new book in August that is from the love interests POV sort of retelling the story. So it's really fun for people who've sort of fell in love with that story 20 years ago to get to see it revived and have this new life now um, that the author is sort of being known again. It's really cool.
2: It's so cool. Is this, do you know if she's on Instagram? Just, I only ask because the bookstagram community is so inclusive and bringing people together. So do you know if she's on? I think
1: she is. I don't know if she's super active, but I think she is on Instagram. Okay. Jacqueline Carey. Okay. Jacqueline Carey. We'll look her up.
2: Um, Okay. So you had a book published this year called Spark of the Everflame, which I had the opportunity to read and really loved it. And then soon your new novel is coming out, Glow, which is the sequel to Spark of the Everflame. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the series?
1: Sorry, it lagged. I missed your question. No, it's
2: okay. It's okay. Um, i I'm, That was I like articulated. I'm
1: so it. sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't worry. Our producer's really good, and I I happen to sleep with him, so he'll make sure this, <laughs> this works out. Um, okay, so let me rephrase this then. Okay, so this year you had your novel Spark of the Everflame come out, Um, I had the opportunity to read that really, really loved it. And then soon you have the sequel called Glow coming out. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about this series? Sure. So
1: this series is a um, romantic fantasy series, and it's set in um, a a mortal world. So one kind of like ours, but not current times, sort of traditional fantasy, vaguely medieval times but um in this world it was colonized by these gods these nine sibling gods that came from another world and colonized the mortal world several generations ago and the original idea was that the offspring of these gods who are very fey-like creatures very beautiful they have magic they're you know very dreamy and the idea was that these um they're called the descended that they would take care of the mortals, that they would protect them, and they would, you know, watch out for them and guard them, and that just did not happen. <laughs> you know, being uh, living longer and having magic naturally being on, you know, the lopsided end of the power imbalance, as frequently happens, they hoarded power, they hoarded wealth, and it became a very oppressive society. And so, our book starts many generations later. on on this world that is very much a a have and have not society. And our FMC is kind of stuck in the middle of it. She's who um, has been very sheltered her entire life. Her mother has kept her away from the descended. She doesn't want her getting mixed up in their world. But when her mother goes missing, she's shoved in, kicking and screaming into this world. And she has to kind of brave this entirely new experience to try and find her mother, to try and answer these secrets that her mother left behind. And there's also this brewing war between the descended and the mortals that Diem has people she really cares about on both sides of. And so she gets stuck in the middle of it and has to decide, is she going to fight for one side or the other? Or is she going to You know be her own person and take a totally different side so it's it's definitely a romance first and foremost that's what i'm passionate about writing and i love romance stories but there's also a very strong plot of you know this oppressive world and this fight for justice um, after generations of discrimination
2: right and you know it's interesting because you cite some of your favorite novels as being Akitar from Blood Nash, Guild, um, Thread of Glass, Shadow and Bone. And there's something in Serpent AND the Wings of Night, which oh my gosh, was has been one of my favorite books this year. Um Carissa Broadbent, I feel like can do no wrong. But- incredible. One thing I'm seeing amongst all of those books and yours is that you in your books also have a Tamlin-esque type of character <laughs> where you kind of like this guy and you think he's like great. And he kind of, no no offense to this dude, Penn, but he's kind of a douchebag. Like, <laughs> Deb, did you get tamlin <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Penn did it on purpose. <laughs> but you My... said, low. is he getting his redemption story?
1: um you know i have said that um i can hear my my arc readers right now screaming at their phones saying no oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um i think he does i think he maybe we'll see but i i love him he's one of my favorite characters but i think i might be the only person on planet earth who actually likes him oh, but the- he in, in, so in the story, the character that, that you're referencing, he's immortal, and he to me represents um, you know what happens to people who are marginalized and who are pressed, and it's just over and over and over kind of it's just death by a thousand cuts, and he's lost a lot as a result of all this, and it's really hardened him it's really made him kind of go to a dark place. And so he's not a super sympathetic character because he's, he is in that dark place when we sort of meet him. But when you learn more about his story and learn more about what he's lost and what he's gone through, hopefully knock on wood, people will eventually have some sympathy for him and start to see how easy it is for a good person, a good kind person to end up in that dark place, um, you know, sort of getting isolated and radicalized by just being oppressed for so long with no way out.
2: Well, and I think you hit on something important um, that we've not seen in the, and, you know, when we say we got Tamlin. So we've got (laughs) Tamlin, we've got um, Kale from Throne of Glass, we've got Midas from Guild. None of those people are actually very good people when it boils (laughs) down to it. So, you know, if if your main character does you know, end up having this backstory that makes you more sympathetic towards him. I think that can go a long way. Yeah, A a lot of people are screaming for the record for like a Tamlin redemption story. It's just, he's not very redeeming, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, but I can't wait to read it because I want to see where that's going to go because just for our listeners and for Whitney and Mindy, there is, you know, somewhat of another love interest, right? That you, he's kind of a, uh, uh, what you think of as a bad guy right okay. um and Ooh. so there there's a lot of uh, really great angst in the book and a lot of you know um just whose side should you actually be on which I love in, in fantasy um so your book deals a lot and you said this with deities versus commoners you deal a lot with like ranks of society and haves versus have-nots where did the inspiration for all of that come from especially knowing that you were coming up with these
1: ideas during like a pandemic Yeah. So I was really inspired by this idea of, of colonization and generational effects of that. And, um, you know, not necessarily the kind of original sin of when these unjust societies were were set up, but generations later, where you have people saying, well, it's not my fault, I didn't do it. It was, you know, my, my ancestors who did it, I shouldn't be blamed for that. But at the same time, they're benefiting from it. And the, 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 unjust systems are still helping them and and giving them privileges and also still oppressing those people who also it wasn't their fault that you know their people were were mistreated or you know that their resources were taken and so to me that's something that's very relevant right now in our real world and i wanted to explore that but in a fantasy setting where people could kind of leave their baggage at least a little bit at the door and in this book, the mortals are the oppressed society. And so I think any reader can obviously identify with the mortals as being these people who have no power and no magic and these very short lifespans. And so hopefully even people who are very privileged in our our world can see themselves as the victims in this world and identify with them and, and think about that. And you know if you think about in sci-fi we have all these these stories and movies about aliens coming and taking over our planet and colonizing our planet but we don't really have a lot of that in fantasy and i think that's kind of interesting to think like okay if aliens did come or gods or whoever came and colonized our planet what would you do would you ally with them to try and like get on their good side and and like you know be be powerful with them would you fight against them and and try and get them to leave would you put your head down and just try and survive and stay alive and in in this story you see people who do all three of those things and how they battle with the morals of each of those choices and I, to me that's really fascinating to explore because i don't think there is one right answer of what to do in right. that situation but um you know there's pros and cons and there's real tough moral questions in each of those. So I try and explore that a little bit um, in this series of of all of those decisions, but also from the descended side of, okay, we don't like this injustice. We we don't want people to be oppressed, but that means we have to give up our power, our wealth, our resources, and we don't really want to do that. So, you know, they they struggle with how much am I willing to sacrifice of my own resources to make this old wrong, right today. Right, right. Wow. That's so fascinating to me. It
3: is. Not only was I a theater major, I was also a sociology major. Again, not a decision, (laughs) but but sociology fascinates me and like personalities and how people make the decisions they make based on, you know, their circumstances has always fascinated me. So this one's going on the top of my TBR. I think it should okay.
2: it should just in time for book two to come out. What, yeah. um, what's the release date for glow pen? July 18th next oh, Tuesday. Oh, oh my gosh. Ooh, okay. So wow. it's really, really close. I thought it was August. That makes me really, really happy because I'm on vacation next week. So I'll be able to Perfect. I have a great recommendation for you to read. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I know we've we've talked about your three main characters, but is there a specific character in your books that you relate to the most? And if so, why? We might have lagged again.
1: Yeah, sorry, it lagged. Can I just say it one more time?
2: Um, I was just asking which of your favorite, which of your characters you relate to most in the books and why?
1: Um, I'm sure this is a standard answer, but definitely DM, my, my main character, um, we're very different. But one, one way in which we're very similar is she's a very outwardly confident person and the people around her would say that she's very brave and courageous and that kind of nothing really scares her. Uh, but inside because it's it's written in first person pov so you see what she's really thinking and feeling and you see that she's just very very self-doubtful and um, very insecure about a lot of things second guessing her choices she has a lot of guilt um, about the choices that she she makes and so she's she's projecting this strength and this sass and you know kind of this feisty outer side but inside she's just kind of a hot mess <laughs> That, I can relate to that awful lot. To say, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, was me, right? I, I think I, a lot of women, you I, know, I think yeah. we we very much have to put on a face of uh, you know, rolling with the punches and accepting things and being strong and brave in the face of a lot of um a crap. And then, but inside, of course, society tells us everything we do is wrong and you know makes us second guess everything that we do. So I think a lot of women can relate to that, that sort of duality of of wanting to be seen as confident, but not at all being confident inside. 100%. And I will say your FMC has
2: had me like laughing out loud several times. I love the stuff that she says to people. And again, like I know that she is, um, you know, putting on a little bit of a front, but her sass is top notch. She's feisty. (laughs)
1: She's (laughs) very, very feisty
0: we like a feisty female yes, female main character
1: but she's nice i think that's crucial right like you can be sassy and feisty as long as it comes from a place of kindness and i think with her it does she has a really good heart and so even though she just absolutely terrorizes the people around her with sass and you know little jabs it's always very like well intentioned and and friendly and not necessarily she's trying to do mean stuff i will say right. yeah
0: so Penn, obviously we talk a lot about books on this podcast, but we also talk about other things that we nerd out about TV shows, movies, and, and, and more. <laughs> I ran out of, uh, examples, but we would love to know what fandoms you are a part of. Obviously you've mentioned the books that you love, right? The ACOTAR and from blood right. and passion, and those, what other things um, are you a part of?
1: So growing up I was actually a manager of a comic book store for many years and so and I I don't really buy them now because it's kind of hard here in France but I for many years was obsessed with comic books, especially like Marvel comic books but also independent small publisher comic books and I mean I had a garage just full of boxes of comic books and I still love them and Um, so that's, that's probably my nerdiest thing that I love. And now I'm super in, I don't know if this qualifies as nerdy, but I'm super into reality TV and especially like big brother. I love big brother and I love love Island so much, so much. It's like the best, just brainless, like train wreck fun. I love it.
0: (laughs) Did you see that the new season of big brother starts at the beginning of August?
1: Oh yeah. And I am, I am a live feeder. I'm I was just about to ask that. you, do you
0: watch the live feeds and all that
1: oh, hilarious? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, we just have them on here and it's perfect because they're basically nocturnal too, so It <laughs> kind of aligns that. with like European hours. Right. right. So it's perfect here. I just have it on in the background all the time, watching them just be chaotic hot messes I, I while i'm working they did that I didn't either. oh yeah I'm yeah they do they in, do
0: 24 yeah. well mostly 24 hour live feeds unless they're doing like a competition or something and then they turn the feeds off so you don't know who won before they air the episode it's
2: very show. Uh,
0: yeah, it not. is extremely true very i just saw on instagram too i'm assuming that you are going to know who these people are but from a few years back cody and jess remember cody yeah. the marine they're oh, yeah. making, like their fourth baby and yeah, I'm that's make, wild doing <laughs> <laughs> that <is, laughs> like, that a lot of kids, first of all, but yeah, they're wild. still like married and loving it. And I think they're in Texas, it, they're in Texas, but anyway, it's
1: funny. I think big brother has had more long lasting marriages than the they bachelor have. has yeah. my yeah.
0: husband. And I talk about this every time we watch a season of big brother, we are, were like, well, there's another, what the, a show man they're probably going to get married. And,
1: but, and they last because they live together for 24 hours for three three months, and if you can survive that, especially backstabbing each other and, <laughs> yeah. you know, being like against each other for this huge prize, like if you can survive that, you can probably handle marriage. At work though, if they're, cause it's, it's like
2: last man standing. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you right. like backstab the person you're going to marry i mean
0: you have it happens they have like usually open and honest conversations and it turns into like oh the community yeah like the alliance is all going to vote for you and i can't change their minds i'm sorry Sorry, i love you i'll see you on the other side (laughs) you know that's pretty much how it goes um
2: i like your big brother
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's every guy that i uh, try to do an impression of it. Sounds like that. Um, so we're going to do a couple of speed rounds now, Pen. The first okay. one is the nerdy and dirty speed round. And these are just some prompts for you to respond with the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, last song that you listened to.
1: Um, Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Ooh, nice. Very good.
0: What fictional character do you have a crush on? Aaron
1: Warner, my husband from Shatter Me. Oh, yeah. Sorry to my actual husband. Uh, they not read. Is, they don't neither of me. them have read that yet. Oh, so. I um, love him with all of my heart.
2: What Shatter Me? I've, I've got seen them that over. all over. I have them. You can Instagram. borrow them. Oh, he is a very that? much
1: misunderstood villain. Um, oh, he's he's absolutely out of his mind. I mean, this man needs therapy more than that. you've ever seen. I already like therapy. him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Like red flags everywhere. I love him.
0: Oh, right
2: and you, I, you also kind of get Tamlin
1: in that series too unfortunately <laughs> yeah, you do
0: book series you always recommend
1: um will start the the one i mentioned earlier cuz it's so it's not well known um, even though it's yeah. this huge bestseller from two decades ago
0: what tv series should everyone watch
1: this is a weird answer, but it's called the Leftovers. It was an HBO. I think it's HBO or maybe Showtime, but it's it's very weird. It's super weird, but it's super thought provoking and the music is incredible. Um and it just really makes you think it's a very interesting show.
0: Is that one where like some kind of weird, supernatural, paranormal event happens and then okay, yeah. Yeah, I like
1: ten percent of society just vanishes. And okay. so it's kind of about the fallout and how people move forward. It's there's not really like magic. And it's not really a sci-fi paranormal show, except for that aspect of it. It's more kind of a deep dive into like the psychological aspect of what how people deal with something like that. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. That does sound cool.
0: What is a book or who is a book character that you would get nerdy and dirty with?
1: Oh my gosh. Um. Probably because of the dirty aspect, Um, any of Allie Hazelwood's mailman characters, um, I love them, Um, I really love Levi, Love on the Brain, it's like, I love that book so much, but any of them will do
2: think this is funny pen my daughter is a lesbian and she loves Allie Hazelwood and she goes mom I'll always be a lesbian because there is no man like this and I was like truth you're right and she's truth. like never be able to find an Allie Hazelwood man I was like honey they don't exist <laughs> just stay a lesbian you're fine. I
1: can't even argue with that
0: <laughs> tough but fair uh, a food you refuse to eat
1: bell peppers can't stand them
0: that is a, a an answer. Yeah, we haven't gotten that answer yet. Uh <laughs> what paranormal power would you want to have?
1: Um, I think flying would be cool for sure, but I think flying would be cool for maybe five minutes or a week <laughs> or so. I think healing, heal, especially if you could heal other people, because then, you know, everybody you love would for the most part be safe.
0: Yeah, that's you know, good answer. forever. Yeah. That would be nice. Good answer. Favorite weekend activity?
1: Uh, well, in the U S it was a lot of watching trashy reality TV. My favorite thing in the world, uh, in France, because we live in a shoebox, it's a lot more of getting out, um, and, you know, sitting on a terrace and, you know, with an old friend and just talking over drinks for hours.
0: That sounds very lovely. Sounds nice. Smut or plot
1: plot. For sure. Although, I mean, love smut. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> definitely need my plot.
0: Favorite childhood book?
1: I was a big babysitter's club girl. Me too. A big time.
0: Uh, I loved those. Currently reading or the last book you finished and lived?
1: I'm not currently reading anything because when I'm working on my book, I cannot read anybody else's writing. But uh, I just finished The Lost God by Sheila Masterson. It was really, really good. She's also an indie debut author as well.
0: Oh, awesome. And lastly, for this speed round, cake or pie?
1: Pie if it's pumpkin pie. Cake, otherwise. Now I'm going to be craving pumpkin pie. (laughs) I know, right? We're kind of almost in that season, almost. Getting there. No, well, in really. the US, sort of. always pumpkin <laughs> yeah. They're they're putting out pumpkins now. I saw a photo so I'm I'm calling it fall, even though it's. So a, I like sent July. them a text.
2: Oh. I sent them a text the other day. I was in Hobby Lobby, and they had pumpkin spice potpourri out. And I sent them a text that said, "Hobby Lobby, that's enough," because it said pumpkin spice and Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 All right, those don't
1: correlate in any way. Sure. Yeah, but can you imagine summing up Hobby Lobby better than those right? five words? Yeah. <laughs> that is That's Hobby Lobby mentioned. at its core. Accurate.
0: Unsolicited advice. Uh, if you like pumpkin pie, the Pioneer Woman has a really good pumpkin cream pie recipe Ooh. that uses like pudding and whipped cream. That... I'd My birthday find... Saturday. I'd have to figure out how to do like non-dairy pudding and stuff. I can help you with
1: that. <laughs> but it's really I good. believe in you.
0: The problem is we can, I can't get that,
1: that stuff here. Like they yeah. don't they don't do, Crabby I mean, they do lots food. of good stuff. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a nice way to say that. I don't do like Americanized no, <laughs> bright orange, like pumpkin, you know, generic pumpkin can. Um, but I'm gonna see what I can do. I will say I got
2: off the train. I took a train from London to Paris when I was there a few weeks ago and immediately went to the grocery store, spent $6 on bananas and wine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My wine was four bucks and it was good wine too. You really don't ever have to spend more than like five bucks here to get a good bottle of wine, which is.
2: There's very very little wine I don't like though, Penn, to be honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's that.
0: So we have one more speed round and this one is just book tropes, yay or nay. Okay. Faded mates. Yay. Light yay. Light yay. Enemies (laughs) to lovers.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: 100%. Forbidden love.
1: Oh yeah, yay.
0: Haves versus have nots.
1: Yes. (laughs) Love
0: triangles.
1: I shouldn't say this because there is one in my book, but nay. (laughs) (laughs) I was really interested to see what your answer was.
0: <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Um, secret or hidden identity. Yay. Social commentary. Yay. True love's kiss. Nay. Mm, the magical power of love.
1: Yeah, no. Not me. <laughs> I I do love love, but like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> Rejected mates. Oh my gosh, yay. 100%. Angst, heartbreak, emotionally destroy <laughs> me. Yes, never time. What
0: more could you ask for? Uh, exactly. t-
1: touch them and die. Yes, yay.
0: Who did this to you?
1: <laughs> yay, but especially when she says it to him. Ooh, oh man, yeah. I fall for that
3: every time. I nice. Does she <laughs> say it like Whitney does? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <just> it does to you.
2: I think we're going to say pen. Yes, especially in that (laughs) voice.
0: A small town romance. No, not for me. Sports romance.
1: You know, I actually have never read one, so I'm not sure. I would Uh, think. Do you like a white choose? Um I'm just starting to get into them and I did not think I was going to like them and I definitely did.
3: I kind of was the same way and I didn't think I would like it not in a fantasy setting mm-hmm. but I highly recommend Emily Rath's Pucking Around. It yeah. is so so good. I know it's like everywhere right now. Um but it's it's the first one I ever read that was like set in like it's like actual contemporary times. It's not right. it's like real people and it it works. You don't okay. think it's going to work, but it does. It lives up to have, it. have to read it. It really does. It's I will, great. I will say, though, the
2: first Why Choose that all three of us read is Paranormal, and it's Jay Breeze, The Bonds
1: That Tie. Have you read that? I really want to. It's at the oh, top. That oh one in her new book that just so, came out is, like, right at the top of please, my TBR.
0: Please read The so Bonds That they, Tie.
1: It's Why Choose, but for a
2: very specific reason. Yeah. And I personally, the first time I read a Why Choose, kind of felt like I needed that, but I don't. I, I'm all Why Choose now. I don't, Me I don't too. need a reason. 100%. People
1: are horny. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, see, I really like them because you get your grumpy guy and your cinnamon roll and your, you know, comedic relief. You get like all of those tropes that you love in one series. It's fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic.
3: So we know, obviously, you've got your sequel glow coming out. What is next on the horizon? Do you have any things in the works? What are you writing next?
1: So right now I'm really just focusing on that. It's my debut series. So I'm just pouring everything I have into that. I'm rapid releasing it. So book three comes out in September and then book four will probably come out either December or January. I haven't set a firm date yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just really focusing on on pushing that, making it the very, very best that it can be. Um, And then I don't know, we'll see next year once the series is out and complete and we'll see what happens.
3: So it's gonna be a four book complete series.
1: Yes. I love that you're
3: doing rapid release because that just makes it easier to go on to the next one. I really hate waiting a year. Yeah.
2: Well it you do lose some momentum yeah. sometimes, I feel like it take yeah. too long in between.
1: And I think a lot of readers are a little um, nervous, especially with in- debut authors that don't have kind of a track record of finishing series, right. they're they're nervous that the book won't get finished, or you know that the author will lose steam or do something else. And so I, especially for my first series, really wanted to say like, okay, I'm gonna put out this full series so people can see who I am as an author, see my style, and decide if if I'm for them. And um, I don't know if I'll do that for every book in the future because it did require kind of holding the book for a year and a half, which is was torture for me personally but I think for a first series it was it was a really good choice to sort of show everybody like this is who I am nice nice
3: so obviously you're going to be very very busy so this may be something that you're not going to be doing (laughs) but do you have any other like projects or events or any festivals that you'll be doing
1: not currently, um, because I am in France. Unfortunately, it's a little hard to get to a lot of that stuff. But I, I am from Texas, and I would like to go home and, and do some of that and do some some conventions, maybe next year. Or so we'll see what happens.
3: We'd love to see you. Yeah, everyone. hopefully we can yeah. see you. Yeah. So where's the best place that we can buy your books?
1: My books are on Amazon, as they all are. (laughs) My series is in Kindle Unlimited uh, for subscribers of that. Mm -hmm. And then people who want the paperback or hardcover, those are available on most online booksellers like um, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones, Blackwells, all of those. Awesome,
3: awesome. And then, where can we also find you online? Obviously you're on Instagram because we, that's how we communicate with you. Yes.
1: I'm on all the major platforms as at author pinnacle.
2: Do you have any, um, we're finding a lot of authors have like essentially private groups for like avid readers. Do you have anything like that on Facebook? Like for example, Jay Bree has a group for essentially fangirling. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome.
1: I just started a discord and I'm actually ju- I just decided yesterday that I'm going to for for to start with it was just my arc team, and I decided I'm going to open it up to everybody because we had so much fun. Once the glow arc was released talking about it and making you know jokes and and um, talking about all the crazy stuff that was happening It was super fun. So I think I'm going to open that up on release day for anybody to join that's interested in joining and come geek out with us and talk about. Um, how henry is misunderstood and actually you love him and he um (laughs) deserves happiness i'm sorry (laughs) pen i'm a lone read on the henry island but i'm i'm staying here so
3: if you listen to our podcast at all we end every episode with what we did was our nerdiest thing of the week so we have one final question and that is what is your nerdiest thing of the week anything that you did that you would consider nerdy something you did something you read something you
1: uh, sometimes it been something we've said <laughs> <laughs> um I just actually on my discord earlier today I, so I am super passionate about the throne of last reading order I have I could talk about this for five hours
2: okay, I yeah, have
1: tell us, a you lot a to say
2: are you a purist or are you in a release order because I I'm I love to me
1: that's the same thing I was
0: just about to say I would say a purist in a release I, order I, is just-
2: see I feel like the purists say it's assassin's blade and then you have to yeah. tandem read Tower of Dawn
1: and like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of um, people get very passionate about that. Read they order. do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of them. I will talk your ear off and a lot of people can attest to this. If you be careful, if you ask me for my opinion, because you will get it and for the next three hours in a PowerPoint slide with 17 bullet points, I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> I
0: literally have made PowerPoints.
1: <laughs> and great. Right.
0: for like i'm like no that's not right let me tell you
1: (laughs) and it's because i love aelin she's one of my favorite main character all the i mean that book has several incredible female main characters but i think the growth she goes through and the trauma that she overcomes is such a powerful story in that series and you just you have to start at the beginning and read it in order to sort of get that emotional journey she goes on and if you do it right it's so beautiful and it's so meaningful so
2: you met Crescent City, right? Yes. Okay, so I am holding on
1: hope that we're going to see Aylin again. I think, I, I mean, I have no reason to say this, but I think we are. I, I think I, I she's, eventually, it might take 10 years. Right. But. <laughs> I think someday we will get to see all of her worlds collide together. I
2: I happen to read Kingdom of Ash after Crescent City because mm-hmm. I had like taken a little bit of a throne of glass break. And there are so many call outs to Crescent City in Kingdom yeah. of Ash. And I'm yeah. like, mm, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. She she once posted um photos of her her notebook before she was writing koa and, and little things and if you go back and look at her notes now you're like i see that i see what she was doing <laughs> you can kind of see the little easter eggs and i mean that was years and years and years ago it's just so impressive how she has plotted out this like multiverse decades you know I decades know, long
3: because i i
0: could have never amazing.
1: kept up with that I can barely
0: sleep up with it as a
3: reader.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So Pen, just to be clear, your Throne of Glass reading order is publication order?
1: Yes. Assassin's Blade first, um, which is a misconception that it was published fourth. It was not. It was published first. Oh, so and that, that was my bad then. I, a lot of people think that because it was republished after Air of Fire. And so a lot of people think that was when it originally came out, but it came out before Throne of Glass. And so assassin's laid first and then i am a tandem read fan i i'm not a kale cowl fan (laughs) so for me getting through tower of dawn was a little i'm not a little painful
2: (laughs) just like oh oh, you don't just like when i read tower of dawn i didn't know the tandem read was a thing um and i was very upset at the time because i was like what the fuck's happening with rowan (laughs) and (laughs) anyone seriously care like and so i wish i had known because i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more
0: Well, Penn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been super fun to talk to you. Am I lagging now? I did. No, I? now
1: we're all cut up. Oh, okay. It's you a, did for a minute, but we're all unseable. cut up
0: um, now. Thank you. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This has been super fun. I really hope that we get to meet in person someday and get to hang out. Maybe you know what? Let's
1: just all go Let's, to France. I, I, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Let's just go to France. And come on here. Rare is here next year. I think. Rare. So. Oh my gosh, that's come on a team event for me.
0: Well, let's let's put that out there manifest. Yeah, we don't yes. have anything else going <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <it. laughs> right. Yeah, we're we're not busy. Uh, but it was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for having
2: Bye. me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Bye. Have a good night.
2: Bye. Don't hop off. I want to ask you something. I am so Oh, are you still there? Oh, are you still there, Pen? Yes. Okay. Um I am so sorry that I called Henry a douchebag. <laughs>
1: No, no, everybody does okay. literally. But... So in my discord, one of the channels is the anti-Henry army and all they do all day long is just, okay. just call him every horrible name in the well, book. I and...
2: don't ever want an author to think that I'm like disrespecting their work. So I just wanted to make sure you didn't want me to take that out of the interview.
1: No. Okay. Okay. No, no, it's, okay. it's a common response. Um, I am alone <laughs> on my island as soon as I said of it. loving okay. Henry oh and I said that. No, 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 everybody, everybody. I'm in mean, an Instagram chat that's like Henry's haters, and all they do just all day long is <laughs> talk about how awful he is. Okay, okay. I was feeling very <laughs> really, guys. <laughs> okay. No, um, definitely don't feel bad at all. All right, so
2: I'm gonna go pre-order Glow. Um, right. And thank you so much again. It was thank a pleasure you. to meet you. So fun. Thank you all. So fun. All right. See you
0: soon. Bye. Bye.